Hey, we want to thank you for listening today to a sermon from Edwards Lake Church. And we hope that you recognize the message of God as we open his word together and examine his incredible life-changing teaching. We pray that this message will challenge you, motivate you, or touch you in some way. Let's open the Bible together. I love that sound. My, my, my family greeting, I, I love it. Uh, go ahead and open your Bibles back up to James chapter 1. We'll be back there in just a few minutes. Uh, we are continuing on in our series that we've been talking about with being continually devoted. And the four areas we've talked about being continually devoted as God's people, the same four areas they were continually devoted in the first century at the beginning of the church. And we pull that right out of Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. We're spending our time right now talking about being devoted to the apostles' teaching. And I'll be honest, my wife asked me, uh, I think at the last lesson, she said, how many lessons can you pull out of one phrase of the Bible? And I said, apparently about three more. So uh, this is one of those three. We're going we're gonna to keep going with this because I, I think there are other aspects about uh, the apostles' doctrine that are important for us to consider uh, as we talk about being more of what the church is, being more of what God designed the church to be. Uh, today's main text is going to be, though, over in James chapter 1, and uh, that was already read for us this morning by Barry. Uh, I want to read particularly these few verses again as we dig into the idea of being not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the law, perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. The lesson simple today. Intellectual agreement with the word of God doesn't get you very far. Academic studies of the word of God don't get you very far understanding exactly what all of the prophecies mean and being able to pull out all of the hidden meaning from the book of Revelation doesn't in and of itself get you very far. Having the kings of the divided kingdom memorized and as, as a list in your head doesn't get you very far, which is good because I still don't have that list down in my head. Knowing your books of the Bible, being able to get to those books faster than anybody else can in those Bible drills we grew up doing in Bible class, that doesn't get you very far. Doing the Word of God, that's where it's at. 
And I love the description that James gives here for us because it's a bit of a ridiculous description. Uh, I thought about putting some blank space on your bulletin and having everybody go through the practice of drawing a picture of themselves, but then I realized if somebody gave me that assignment, it wouldn't look anything like me, not because I don't remember what I look like, but because I'm a horrible artist. And so it wouldn't be very practical for me, and I imagine that there are far fewer artists in here than there are artists, and so maybe that wouldn't work well for us. But, but there's a, a, a truth to this. We realize how ridiculous this description is, that a man could forget what he looks like. That a man, could, you know, and we're not talking specific details of do I have a crease here in my forehead or do I not? Or exactly what does my hair look like because I've been walking around outside and it's a bit windblown and I'm not really sure. Do I have a piece of lettuce or a big piece of pepper in my teeth or not? I mean, that, that's not what we're, we're dealing with here. We're talking about can you not even remember the color of your hair? Do you know, you know the, the general facial features that you have on your face? That, aren't you aware of yourself enough that when you look in the mirror, you don't look to remind yourself of what you look like? You look in the mirror to get an idea of the details. There's a certain amount of ignorance or lack of intelligence that goes with James's description here. Somebody who could genuinely forget what they look like. That's ridiculous. But that is similar to someone who hears the word of God and doesn't do it. Someone who, who you know, they hear the message, they hear what God has to say, they, they hear how the words fit together and they get a general sense of what the meaning is But they don't just hear. Uh, to me, the best parallel, as often is true with Scripture, is children. Uh, have you ever had to have the follow-up conversation with a child of, did you hear what I told you? Have you ever had to have that conversation? Where... You know they heard your words. You know they were listening when you had the initial conversation. But based on the either lack of activity or the contrary activity, you kind of wonder, did they actually hear the message or not? When you told them they couldn't, but they did anyway, or you gave them good, easy-to-follow exactly how they were supposed to do something, but then they've come back to you five minutes later and said, uh, how was I supposed to do this again? Is anybody, is that just in our house? And, and you want to go, did you hear what I said? Were you listening at all? Because if you were listening, you should have the answers. You should know exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Your actions would be different than they currently are because you would have heard the right instructions. And I kind of see that in this text. Do you not? 
That, that we're not to hear, we're not just to get the message into our ears, but that that message is supposed to embed itself in our brain, and then it is so supposed to produce certain actions in us based on what the message says. Doers don't just hear. Doers obey. Doers aren't forgetful. Again, the parallel with kids works just perfect. I mean, how many times have you given clear instructions, but like I said a minute ago, they come back five minutes later and they, they've skipped some steps and now they're confused. They don't really remember exactly what they're supposed to do. I struggle with this sometimes in the, in the times I've tried to teach people how to play guitar. And part of the reason for that is, uh, you know, guitar, you generally have a sequence of hand motions or hand shapes that you're supposed to follow in order to make the chords or make the, mu make the strings make the sounds you want them to make. And so a lot of times when you're sitting down doing guitar with somebody and you're showing them how to play a song, you're making this sequence of chords or this sequence of hand shapes as you strum, and they'll get the first one down, but I've already shown them four of them. And their, their question, what, what's that second one? And I have to stop myself from going, weren't you paying attention? Because the truth is, probably it's hard to remember that much information given to you all at once and then be able to do it in sequence. It's one thing I've been impressed with, with Gibson about is Gibson has this uncanny ability that I can show him like six or seven things in a row and he gets all of it into his head. I, I don't know how he does it. I never had that skill. I still don't. But what James is talking about is people that they get what is easy to understand information Yet they go and they just forget it. And the implication is that they forget it when it's convenient to forget it. It's not that they don't know the information, it's that they can't recall the information when the information is needed. And so they forget. Or, or maybe the problem is they're just, they're stupid. I mean, that, that really is the description that James gives here. A person who can't, and remember what they look like. They can't even get into their head the most fundamental of understanding. That's what a person who hears the word of God and doesn't do it is like. They are just stupid. You ever been stupid when it comes to the word of God? Have you ever had that moment whenever... You've had to confront your own failings and confront your own failures, and you're like, man, that was just stupid. Why did I do that? Yeah, anyone? Again, just me, apparently. No, I'm kidding. I, I did see some hands. Thank you for making me feel you know, in unity with you. I mean, we, we do. We, we make dumb decisions all the time. I think there is a very real and appropriate reason why we as the people of God are called sheep. Sheep are dumb. Sheep are really dumb. 
I, I've, I've seen sheep be pinned up with goats before. You know what sheep do? Nothing. You know what goats do? When they want something, they don't just shove, you know, kind of lean against the sheep a little bit. They will rear back and they will ram into the side of a sheep to knock this larger animal out of its way so that it can get what the sheep wants. You know what the sheep does in return? Nothing. Because I don't know that they're smart enough to figure out what just happened. I mean, they're really just not intelligent animals. They are dumb to a fault. Brothers and sisters, we are sheep. And I don't mean that in the sense that we aren't intelligent or that we don't have good academic understandings of things. I don't mean that we are helpless and hopeless. I mean when it comes to obeying the word of God, when we choose to go our own way that we know, we know not going to lead in a, in a good direction. We have no doubt about it before we even start. But we pursue our own way instead of allowing God to be our guide. We are stupid for that. We're dumb. And that's exactly how James is describing us here when we choose to hear the word of God but not act on it. Jesus is a little bit friendlier. Turn with me over. Hold your place there in James, but turn with me over to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, tells us a story. Verse 24 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them. So we could reword this in the words of James. Whoever hears and does the word of God will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock the rain fell the rivers rose and the winds blew and pounded that house yet it didn't collapse because it was founded on the rock but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them so now back in the words of James what we're dealing with is a someone who is a hearer of the word but not a doer that person is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded against that house. And it collapsed, and it collapsed with a great crash. Jesus says, doers aren't foolish. They're wise. But those who hear the word of God but don't do those things... They are foolish. They're like a man who built himself a big fancy house on a bed of sand and it fell down because it had no good foundation. That's not what doers are. Doers are those who figure out, based on the word of God, based on the truth, exactly what the right thing is to do, exactly how they should understand something, exactly how they should act in a situation, and they do the things they were to do. Ultimately, what you find in Scripture is that doers do. They just do. They act. They work. They obey. 
They respond when they learn something new. They work hard at all they put their hands to. They find ways to act on and do the things that God's word has told them to do. That's doers. I thought it was important to spend some time talking about this concept in this series because we as a people are good students of the Bible. I think in the past we were probably better uh, based on the things I've heard about people from previous generations and how devoted they were to the studying of God's word. But I wonder, and I don't know, I really am not making a judgment call here. I'm more asking you to make an internal judgment call about yourself. That in all of the learning and all of the intelligence and all of the academia and all of the understanding of timelines and list of kings and Bible books and information out of the Bible, we're able to pinpoint things over in, in the Middle East better than, than most journalists can because the way we're brought up studying maps and being exposed to these things in our Bible classes. You know, we are great hearers of the word but are we correspondingly great at doing would people look at us and the way that we live day to day and go man that person must really know their Bible because look at the way they act or would they consider us of the same moral quality and virtue of anybody else on the street do they look at us and say that is an exemplary hearer of the word? Or do they look at us and say that is an exemplary doer of the word? Do you see how those things are different? And, and I wonder sometimes, because we are so good at hearing the word of God, if we are correspondingly good at doing the word of God. Because hearing by itself does nothing. You see, doers, those who are really focused on being doers of the word of God are those who look intently into it. We're those who will, who will explore, we will dig deeper. We can never find the bottom of what we're trying to learn. We're always looking for greater understanding or something that we've not known before. And to take that a step further, how that new thing applies to our lives. How does this teaching, this idea, this truth of God's word, how does it change who I am in my innermost being? That's what I should be doing when I'm a hearer and doer of the word of God. Acts chapter 17, verse 11, the people were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica since they received the word with eagerness. That's hearing. They heard it and then examined the scriptures daily to see whether those things were so. The implication there is they verified its truth so that they might do it. Is that us? Are we looking intently? 2 Timothy chapter 2.15, a well-known passage. Be diligent to present yourselves to God as one approved. A worker who doesn't need to be ashamed correctly handling the word of truth. Do you see that? 
Do you hear how many descriptions were in that short little verse? Uh, some of your versions, the older versions, will say, study to show yourselves approved to God. But you're a worker, a worker. Are we that? Are we not just learning, but we, being, we are being diligent enough to put the things we've learned into action? We need to be. Are we constantly checking the Word of God in order to find out how this applies in our lives? Are we looking for something more we can do? Are we constantly growing in our work? I, I, I tell you, this probably stands out more to me right now because of the time period that we're studying in our Bible classes. You know, here we've got a, a group of people from the Old Testament who had, for generations at time, no exposure to the Word of God. And then suddenly they find the Word of God, like in Josiah's day, and they read the Word of God to the people. And Josiah has torn his clothes, and the people repent, and they start celebrating the feast. They don't just hear the Word of God, they do the Word of God. And I wonder sometimes as we, in modern day, we study these passages like Joel, which we studied in the uh, classroom and here this morning, uh, are we studying it for the purpose of getting information or are we studying it for the purpose of getting application? Because those are two very different processes. And, and I'll be honest, I don't always, as a teacher, do a good job of bringing us around to the application. I leave that up to you. But isn't that the way we should be approaching the Word of God? Not just for better understanding or for more information, but for it to change our lives. Not uh, every page of it should be changing our lives. Those who look intently in the Word of God are looking for more. They're looking for ways to increase their work. Doers act in freedom and with freedom. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, For freedom Christ set us free. Stand firm then and don't submit yourself again to a yoke of slavery. Down in verse 13 of Galatians 5. For you are called to be free. Brethren, only do not use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. We're told here in James chapter 1 that what we are, what we are obeying is the perfect law of freedom. And we're told over in James chapter 2 verse 12, Speak and act as those who are judged by the law of freedom. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has not shown mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Here, here's what I want to point out about that. And I don't know that we always let this description of God's word really sink into us, that it is a law of freedom. I don't know that we always treat it as such. And we treat God's word sometimes as a law of shackles or a law of restrictions, that it is a law that gives us a long list of don'ts. There are a few do's, and if the Bible doesn't say it expressly, put it in the don't category, right? 
I can't tell you how many times I've struggled with a congregation or with a preacher who is frustrated because every single time they decide they want to get elders, there's this large group of people who are going, well, we can disqualify him because of this, and we can disqualify him because of this, and we can disqualify him because of this. And all they do is find all the don'ts instead of what the Bible teaches is do. Do. Be doers. Find ways in which you can do more. I even find it interesting that Acts 17 verse 11, that description we already read of those brethren who were more noble-minded, the reason they were noble-minded is because they weren't looking in the scriptures to find out if those things were false. They were looking in scripture to find out if those things were so. They were being positive. They were looking for, is this right? Yet we often look a little too much at, is this wrong? And we spend our time trying to disprove and discount and dismiss instead of support and looking for what we can do more of. I tell you, if your interpretation of the Bible brings you to a long list of don'ts, but it doesn't have with it a long list of things you should be doing, something's wrong. This is a law of liberty, a law of freedom, a law that it tells us what we are free to be able to do. And we should be viewing it as such. Doers persevere, we find out. One of my favorite passages, 2 Peter chapter 1, 5 through 7, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with perseverance, and perseverance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness with love. We should be those who are fine that our knowledge is producing in us, yes, self-control, some don't, but also perseverance, some do's, and godliness, some do's. But doers are those who are going to work hard to persevere and continue in the right things to do. And that should be a description of us. And then we're also told that those who do are blessed. You read on in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sin. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly supplied to you. Are we those who persevere? Because if we are, we will be those who will experience the blessings that come with doing. You know, James puts it in the terms of, if you'll be a doer, you will be blessed in what you do. Peter puts it in terms of, if you are a doer, you will be blessed in the end. So we should be doers. We should be obeyers. We should be those who are willing to obey, no questions asked, whatever it says we should do. 
So let me ask you, I, I want to get a little bit specific here as I wrap things up. What if the Bible told you you needed to move? Choose the place, Mobile. What if the Bible somehow in there said you need to move to Mobile? Would you do it? Would you get up? uproot your family and move, not knowing where you'll work, not knowing what you're going to do, not knowing how you're going to make ends meet, but you're going to get up and you're going to do it because the Bible said to do it. Would you? That was a very real scenario for Abraham, wasn't it? Leave your country and go to the land I will show you on the way. Would we be willing to obey like that? What if the Bible told us that we all needed to wear white linen garments all of the time? That's all we could wear. Modest, covering linen garments all the time. Would you do it? Would you find some way of working, working your way around that? Find some way of making it look your way while still technically being obedient? Or would you just obey? Because the Bible does dictate what we wear. What if the Bible told us you couldn't eat pork? It did for a whole group of people. And I love my bacon and barbecue. But would I give it up to obey? What if the Bible said don't eat meat? Would you be willing to do away with meat for the sake of obeying the scriptures? Because in some scenarios, that's exactly what it says, is it not? Paul said he wouldn't eat meat for the sake of saving some. Would we be willing to do that for the sake of others? Put our own preferences and ideas to the side or behind us for the sake of being all things to all people? What if the Bible told, you, told us to sell this building? for the sake of doing something with the money we gained from it? Would, be, would we be willing to put our comfort and our tradition and our habits aside for the sake of doing what the Scripture said to do? What if the Bible told us that we had to attend every time the doors were open? Would we do it? Would we find a way to get around and do that? What if the Bible told us to be kind to that person who offended us, who made us angry? Would we do it? What if the Bible told us to share the gospel with our neighbor? Or it told us to worship with all of our hearts? Would we go out of our way to make those things happen? Or would, it, would we continue on with what's easy? What if the Bible told us that we had to repent when we've sinned, but... I'll be honest, I've kept that sin hidden for so long and nobody knows about it. It's easier to just carry on. You see, the funny thing is, there's a lot of ways in which the Bible tells us to obey. And I'm scared, looking at myself, that sometimes I'm guilty of finding ways to obey but do it in my way or do it in a way that's comfortable or do it in a way that, that is convenient 
a, that, that doesn't put me out too bad and allows me to kind of live one way but also live the other way and keep one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. And that's not really obedience. I'm scared that sometimes we get more attached to ideas than we do to truth. And I'm scared that sometimes we are more focused on tradition than we are truth. And I'm scared that sometimes we get more habitual than we get obedient. There's a lot of ways that I think probably most of us could increase our obedience by hearing the word of God and applying it in our lives. And I hope we will. We can only answer that for ourselves. But I hope you'll do an honest evaluation of yourself. Where are you at with this? Do you obey God the way God requires obedience? Do you obey God because God said so? And not just hear it and explain it away or find some other ways that you can get away with what you want to do. If we're continually devoted to the apostles' doctrine, we will be doers of the word of God. One of the easiest things the scriptures teach us to do is to be, belong to Jesus. Is to commit ourselves to Jesus and his covenant. It's easy. Not easy to live it out, but it's easy to do initially. You repent of life without Jesus and you be baptized into Christ. And we'll, we offer that to you today. If you're not a child of God, if you've not put on his name in baptism, if you've not had your sins washed away, today's a good day to do that. And, and let me be blunt about this. Even if you don't quite understand it, obey. Do. Do the things God has told you to do. Because if you put off obeying and doing because you just need to hear a little more, you just need to hear a little more, you just need to make sure that you understand everything just right, you need to just, you're going to put it off forever. Sometimes it's best to just do what the word of God says and go from there. If you're not a child of God and you've, you need to become one, we, we encourage you to become one. Please come forward. Let us know how we can help you as we stand and sing this song. Hosanna, you're my king. Thanks for listening and studying God's word with us. We want to help you draw closer to Jesus as your Lord. If you feel some need as a result of today's message, whether that be a need to seek God's salvation or you are just in the need of prayers, please reach out to us. You can find out more about us, including contact information at edwardslakechurch.org. If you want to continue to open God's word with us, please check out other sermons on our podcast or come visit with us at Edwards Lake Church anytime you can. Thanks again, and we pray God's blessings for you.